0: Science fiction has helped society look to the future with shows like Star Trek, Doctor Who, and Battlestar Galactica. And movies like Star Wars, The Matrix, and The Avengers have helped us pioneer the use of new technologies and to
1: never give up on the human spirit. Fantasy stories like The Lord of the Rings, The Chronicles of Narnia, and even the game Dungeons & Dragons have helped us look at the past with an open mind, but have led us to question the fundamental principles like good and evil, right and wrong, reality versus fantasy, and to question our morality versus our humanity. Cosplay has always blurred the
0: lines between
1: science fiction,
0: fantasy, and reality. For those to participate in the hobby, advancements in technology have caused more and more people to participate in cosplay. With the addition of 3D and resin printers, it's even easier to make and mass produce the costumes and props from our
1: favorite TV shows and movies. To the public, the ever-expanding worlds of science fiction and comic book conventions have led to more and more cosplayer interactions. This podcast is your exclusive space for science fiction news. This podcast is your place to catch up on the world of fantasy. This podcast is your place to talk about the role of cosplay. This
0: podcast is... The Galaxy Man. Welcome to this episode of the Galaxy Cast. I know you've been wondering where the heck has been the Galaxy Cast. Well, first off, I have with me two people in the studio today. That took a couple seconds. Sorry, he
1: didn't see your finger. That
0: shows you how long it's been since we've recorded. <laughs> we have two people in the studio recording with us today because it's just two of us. I have with me Austin the Inquisitor.
1: Hello, everybody.
0: And I am Bob Kirschman, your host. And we are coming to you i well, in a late day here, so yes. here's the deal. Um, life. <laughs> that's all I'm going to say about it. Um, I mean, really, that's all we need to say. My son's say life it. changed, my life yeah. changed, and things got complicated. And Schedules got fizzy. <laughs> I've always said that this podcast would come after my life, and, well, things have got a little rough in our lives. And so for the past month and a half or so, you've probably been wondering what the heck is going on. Um, Honestly, so have I. So we are back uh, as best as we can be back. We're going to try to at least come to you twice a month, we hope, maybe more, if we can. And things are also changing on our home front, too. So if you guys have not noticed yet, we are not going to be hosting on Podomatic much longer. We are actually going to be porting from Podomatic to our new hosting site, which is Podbean. I'm hoping to have that all changed over soon, hopefully before the beginning of the new year. So by 2022, we will no longer be on Podomatic anymore. We will have completely moved over to Podbean. just seems to be a better thing. And we can post date episodes, which is apparently something Podomatic does not want to support anymore, which, Mm. fine, we will find a website that does support it. And I will give them my money. All righty. our YouTube channel is not updated yet, so hopefully that will get updated soon. I'll own that one. That's on me. We just recently updated our podcast channel, but things are changing there as well. The RSS feed will get updated soon. Hopefully, Apple, iTunes, and all those things are all going to get updated soon. iHeartRadio, all that stuff. We will port over everything to Podbean, I'm hoping, seamlessly so you really won't notice too much. Hopefully, thegalaxycast.com soon, I have to contact somebody and talk to them about it, will port over to Podbean as well. So, hopefully, that all works out. Wow. Yes. You've
1: a lot of things on your plate. I've had a lot of
0: things on my plate. I've been a busy, busy man. So today we are going to do a double feature. Is it We're The first feature is we are going to talk about Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings, which by the now I'm going to say is spoiler-free because if you haven't seen it by now, it's been on Disney+, Plus. it's been on the theaters, and if you mm-hmm. haven't seen it, well, that's on you, and if you don't want to hear anything about Shang-Chi because you haven't seen it yet, well, then turn this podcast off, go see it, and then come back. Yeah, we'll wait. Not that long, though. So the second half of this podcast today is going to be about the third episode of the Falcon and Winter Soldier uh, show titled the power broker. We'll talk about that today as well. And yes, we are going to continue on with Falcon and Winter Soldier. We're hoping to finish that up before the end of 20 or beginning of 2022 because our goal then is to switch over to the book of Boba Fett. Ah, uh, right. So we are not covering Hawkeye, Snooze Fest. We are not covering Loki, sorry, Snooze Fest. And we're gonna move on to something that I'm hoping will be more exciting. I'm hoping because if things continue to be snoozefest the way they are. By the way, we have both watched the first two episodes of Hawkeye for those people that are like curious and be like, "Hey, what's your thoughts on it?" Um, here's my we, thoughts on Hawkeye. We both fell asleep. <laughs> Oh, sorry. Well, that's what happened to me the first two episodes yeah, of Hawkeye. Yeah,
1: we were watching it, and I kind of pulled out my when I phone. Wanted I wanted to watch it, and my, my, yeah. I pulled my phone out and started scrolling through Facebook, and I'm hearing snoring all of a sudden. We're in the world-building section of the first episode. Awful.
0: <laughs> I'm starting to remember why I didn't like Jeremy Renner as Hawkeye, and he, now I'm remembering why I don't like Jeremy I, Renner as Hawkeye.
1: I'm going to say this. He's reminding me way too much of Brie Larson's Captain Marvel, where it's just serious. Well, I
0: actually find Brie, Mar- Brie Larson's Captain Marvel more interesting than Jeremy yeah. Renner's Captain, or yeah, yeah. Hawkeye, <laughs> whatever the heck he is. I just don't like. First off, I like Captain the character Arrow. in the comics, the like the original character in the comics. I'm talking about the one with the purple pointy mask. Oh and yeah, all that. The, he's, the, he's the, a great, he's yeah. a great bad guy. But it, unfortunately, in in the TV show right now, it's awful. So yep. that's our quick review on Hawkeye. That's, that's all you're our, ever going to hear our, from us on Hawkeye. That's hockey. our two
1: cents on the first two episodes, and you yes. probably won't hear much probably more about it. Probably won't hear much more from us about we it. we probably won't be watching it. Just like Star Wars Visions, we watched the first episode and decided,
0: nope. Nah, I'm out. <laughs> I was out on that. Yeah, am I getting picky lately? I am. i got to be honest, because there's so much stinking oh, yeah. stuff on TV anymore. i gotta, I got to have to be like picky about oh, what I yeah. watch. And Hawkeye's just not grabbing my attention. Sorry, folks. I know it's a major Marvel thing or whatever, but it's just not that major to me.
1: And if you so. have different viewpoints, send your hate mail to galaxycast at gmail.com. And we won't care. <laughs> okay,
0: so let's get into it. Okay, so we decided since we've both watched the movie now, we're going to review Shang-Chi and The Legend of the Ten Rings. Uh, no, we're not reviewing Eternals yet. I haven't watched it. Austin has not watched it, so he's going to wait till it comes out on Disney+. Plus. What was the date I said yesterday? January 12th or 13th? What, whatever, I think it's coming it was, out.
1: whatever it was. We'll get him to
0: watch it then. And yeah. then he's going to regret not having watched it at the movies. I'm just
1: telling you right now. I'm sorry. When they decided to announce that they took Black Knight out of it, I was like, nope, yup, nope, I'm not. Well, I'm telling you, it was worth your you time in the movie kit theater. Kit out of the film,
0: I'm. It was worth your time in the movie theater. So, <laughs> we decided to wait till Shang Chi and the Legend of Ten Rings came out on Disney Plus to watch it. That's right. This is the first Marvel film that I did not watch in the theaters, and I actually don't regret that.
1: <laughs> Even <laughs> though it's a good movie, it, I'm gonna yeah. be honest with you, it was yeah. a pretty good
0: movie. So, yeah. all right, let's talk about the plot. So, this is around a thousand years ago. Zhu Wenwu discovers the mystical Ten Rings, which grant immortality and godly powers. So, he establishes the Ten Rings organization, conquering kingdoms and toppling governments throughout history. In 1996, Wenwu searches for Te Lao, a village said to harbor mythical beasts. He travels through a magical forest to the village entrance, but is stopped by guardian Ying Li. Now, I just want to talk about the Ten Rings right here, right now. Mm -hmm. These are not the Ten Rings that I know. They're ten bracelets. They're ten... Bobbles, you know what I'm talking about when I say bobble bracelets.
1: Yeah, you explain this is like the yeah. 80 bracelet, the, yeah, like yeah. The,
0: the 80s, 90s kind yeah. of bracelets. Yeah, yeah. That's we have, I, ten, I, 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 we have 10 bobbles, <laughs> yeah, it's not 10 rings, <laughs> the 10, ten bobble bracelets, yes. So that's really what it should have been titled um, Shang Chi and the 10 bobble bracelets. Yeah,
1: sounds like a mouthful, <laughs>
0: but it would have been better than Shang Chi <laughs> and the fake 10 rings that aren't really rings but are really bracelets, but anyway going on? So the guardian, Ying Li. The two fall in love, and when Te Lao villagers reject Wenwu, Li chooses to leave with him, and they marry and have two children, Shang-Chi and xia
1: Although they keep pronouncing it Shang-Chi, which... Yeah, I well... I is think, that the
0: China... I think that's the Chinese way okay. of saying Shang-Chi, because we're so American, we're like, shang That's and it's probably Shang-Chi and you, Zialing, You're fine. Zialing.
1: You're fine. I just... I'm, I was I'm not hearing good that at my gl-
0: Chinese, so for those who are like, "Oh my gosh, he's culturally appropriating," I'm not good at Chinese. I'm sorry. I just well, not.
1: forgive us. We are we were we were raised with South. I Park. I grew up in New York
0: <laughs> in Montana. Okay, so <laughs> at least we're not
1: doing the South Park accent. <laughs> no.
0: So, having found love, Wu abandons leadership of his organization and locks away the ten rings, the baubles, and the power and immortality it grants.
1: You get a label, match, just
0: bobbles. Um, yes, they're 10 here. bobbles. I'm sorry, they are.
1: <laughs> I'm going to be laughing every single time you say that. I hope you know. When
0: Shang-Chi is seven years old, Li is murdered by Wen Wu's enemies, the Iron Gang. Wen Wu dons the 10 bobbles, I mean rings, once again, <laughs> massacres the Iron Gang, and resumes leadership of his organization.
1: And hasn't taken them off since his wife's death, which is a big crucial factor. Because he
0: loves his bobbles. He makes Shang Chi undergo brutal training in martial arts, but does not allow Lang to train with the others. So she teaches herself in secret. All I could think of when I saw that whole scene was, "This is Game of Thrones all over again." <laughs> no, I'm serious. Yes. Think about it. Because if you remember, true, like all the brothers were allowed to train, but the but, younger, but daughter, the younger Stark girl wanted yeah. to train and she could not, and so so she trained he herself. Was say,
1: Kit's character. Uh, um,
0: Harrington, yeah.
1: Yeah, Jon Snow just gives her a blade and goes, stab him with the pointy end. Yeah,
0: stick him with the pointy end. I'm
1: sorry, I might have spoiled Game of Thrones for some people. I apologize. No, well, if they haven't watched it by now,
0: um, hello? You know, come out of your rock. There are some people who if say, if you're they listening don't... to this podcast and you have not watched, yeah, just come out of your rock. <laughs> So anyway, no, that's that's all I could think of when I saw that scene was you know like we're gonna train the guys but not the girls. Now I'm sure a lot of people are like oh my gosh it's coeducation. No, this is Chinese culture and that's that's, the way it works. That's how and by the way that's why Mulan was such a big deal because women did not do that. That's not was not acceptable by culture, and it's why it happened once or twice and that's about it. So when Shang Chi is 14, Wen Wu sends him to assassinate the Iron Gang's leader. Just think about that for a minute. Could you imagine at fourteen? I'm like, okay, you go kill that guy. I don't care if I've trained you in martial arts or not. The whole time, that's young, and that's a lot of expectation on a little fourteen y- year old shoulders. So after completing his mission, a traumatized Shang Chi runs away to San Francisco and adopts the name, adopts the name Sean. Uh, <coughs> so I, could
1: you pick a worse name? But
0: no, I. I <laughs> first off, I. I actually understand the whole being, you know, the whole traumatized thing. It's a 14 year old kid. That, that portion makes sense, but. He I... goes, kills the Iron Gang leader, and he goes running off to San Francisco. Now, why San Francisco? What are you thinking? I mean, seriously, in our country, it's, it's... of all the places to pick, San Francisco would not be my number one choice. I know there's a lot no. of people who'd be like, oh, I'd love to go to San Francisco. Great. You go. You, you I'll stay go there. here. I'm good. Thanks. <laughs> you go Thanks. there. I'll go to, I don't know. Like... Matter of fact, I'll encourage you to go there and I'll become Sean Chai in San Francisco, <laughs> but I'm not. So, I'll,
1: I'll go to Texas. You'll be happier.
0: <laughs> yes. The cows will work with me a little more. <laughs> in the present day, Shang-Chi works as a parking valet with his best friend, Katie, who does not know about his past. Well, that's kind of like an understatement. <laughs> they are attacked on a bus by the Ten Rings, who steal a pendant that Lee gave to Shang-Chi. Now, this is right. I was as I was reading this, day, I was like, wait, they're attacked by the Ten Rings? No. The Ten Rings, it should be the Ten Rings organization. Somebody yes, should yes. should alter Wikipedia here a little bit. Also, the man with by the, the way, all machete the, arm. All the things I'm reading here will be in the show notes so you can go and read it yourself. So they steal this pendant that Lee gave to Shang-Chi. Of course, we know the pendant's there, but we're not really quite sure why.
1: Yeah, it's just a mystery thing.
0: So Shang Chi flies out to meet his sister, fearing that the Ten Rings will go after her matching pendant from Lee. He reveals his past to Katie, who insists on helping him. Now, Katie's an interesting character. I actually of the entire movie. She was the one character I actually yeah. kind of liked, and like she
1: was portrayed by Aquafina. Yeah, it was
0: Aquafina, and I've got to be honest with you, I don't like Aquafina's humor no. normally. like no. on a normal basis, I don't like her show. I don't like her humor. it's a little too uh, I
1: it's don't know too millennial.
0: I guess maybe really you're right. Is, it is too millennial. It's my
1: generation style of humor and I don't but I don't, it. Get I don't, it. I don't I really don't like that much myself cuz I, I grew up with humor with you so I watched I, a lot I, know, of I don't names. know. Maybe maybe um, I
0: like your humor that's a little more in your face and a little <laughs> less like You like Landau's kind of humor. Yes, I do. And so I like you know in your face kind of humor and hers is a little more uh um, exaggeration cultural uh, yeah exaggeration culturally profound I guess is the best way but to put it. But she definitely
1: and, dug into the idea and I kind of I, I put it out She's like, you, you go all the way across country, and you find that you want to change your name, so you pick Sean. Right, like
0: it's not even Sean. How Shang obvious are you? Yeah, like,
1: you couldn't have picked, like, she, Brad. She
0: reminded me of the guy, the Puerto Rican guy from the... Um, the Ant-Man movies. So, you know, there's kind of a a parallel between Katie and that character. Yeah, and you always
1: always say that Puerto Rican guy's me when I tell a story.
0: Yes, because you have to tell every single detail that's in the story. But here's the thing about Katie, and this is where I'm saying there is a trope here that I do worry about a little bit. When Mm -hmm. Disney wants to introduce that kind of humor, that's the type of person they're pulling. Do you see what I'm saying? Like, there are some parallel tropes here between Ant-Man and this movie that, if you watch them side by side, mm-hmm. you're gonna go, oh, 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 oh okay. So yeah, I still they're think like, they're. they're pulling of... and Ant Man are almost parallels mm-hmm. with each other.
1: They're it's, pulling like a, com- a good comedian onto the set and saying, "Here, we're gonna put kind, you on, kind and, of." But I'm just saying, and we're gonna like, have you put in some comedy.
0: Even the storylines are almost parallels to each other. If you if you really Kinda, think through it, yeah, okay. But uh, he reveals his past to Katie, who insists on helping him. They find Xiaoling in an underground fight club in Macau. What she found it after escaping from Wenwu at a young age. Well, of course, in that fight scene, we happen to actually see...
1: Abomination and Wong. Wong, that's it. I said win. Yeah, not win, Wong. Wong. So
0: the so Wong guy happens to be fighting... Abomination. Abomination, get it? Abomination. Wong guy. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So Abomination, Abomination and... looks
1: really good.
0: Actually, I like that version of Abomination. He had the ear flaps. It looks pretty close, though, to the second Abomination, not the first one, because the first one was awful. So I'm talking about the one that's on the... uh, No, on... Is it Incredible Hulk? Not the Incredible Hulk. I always get the two confused. I think it's the
1: Incredible Hulk, because the other one's... Incredible hook. I yeah. don't know. Whichever one comes later, Whatever, that abomination the one that's looks like better. The one that's tethered into the Marvel verse. Right. And that's and this
0: looks like that and that was okay. And I, I I kinda liked Wong's character being there. I actually liked the way he kinda interacted throughout the whole thing, yeah, he's and the like, fact that he's the guy at the end that kind of wraps it all up and puts it together anyway. So that yeah. was, was good.
1: It was a nice way to not have it be you know, another famous Avenger. It's somebody else.
0: And I liked the idea of there being an underground fight club in
1: Macau and all that. That was kind of cool. Oh, yeah, yeah was, the fight situation between the siblings was quite awesome. Yeah, I was actually pretty cool. You get to cool. see the sister kick the snot out of him.
0: I liked it. I liked it. It was really cool. So Ten Rings attacks the fight club, and Wenwu arrives to capture Shang-Chi, Katie, Zha Ling, and her pendant. Of course, that kind of downplays the fact that they were, you know, fighting,
1: fighting on scaffolding. On
0: scaffolding outside the building, which you know that made the whole scene with Chris Rock look like nothing. <laughs> I mean, seriously, I'm guessing like, that's a lethal
1: weapon joke. That no, I, no, I, it was no, no. Actually,
0: it wasn't Chris Rock. Who is the character? Um, so we're talking about the Rush Hour movies. So they they end up in Hong Kong, and that's where there's a, a fight scene. Uh, but in the scaffolding. that that fight scene in the scaffolding in Rush Hour like doesn't even come close. To the fight scene that we saw here. Yeah. Uh, that one's more of a comedy fight scene. This one's more like, I mean, like it was it's serious. quite serious. Yeah, it was quite, quite serious.
1: Um, the one guy who had the war paint face is quite uh, terrifying yeah, to see.
0: I, you know, it's it's funny too because I was trying to look that character up because like, who is that? And and
1: even he I does, was kind of like. He doesn't pop up in cast? He does.
0: So you're talking about Death Dealer. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I, I don't even remember this guy from comic books ever. I don't remember seeing anything about about that character ever. That whole scene was cool, and, and Death Dealer was an interesting guy, although I'm kind of like, I don't remember this character like ever. He apparently he's played by actor Andy Lee, and I don't know. I mean, I like the costume. I, I, I was kind of like, man, I, I could cosplay as that and get away yeah. with, you know, appropriating a Chinese character. But, <laughs> but at the same time, I'm kind of like, I, I don't want to cosplay as something that I'm really not quite sure what it is, because I'd want to give more information, and I don't know anything about this character. All right, let's go on. So they are taken to the Ten Rings compound where Wenwu uses the pendants to reveal a mystical map leading to Ta Lo. Okay, and so basically the pendants give them the secret pathway that they go through these trees to get to um, Ta Lo, which is this, like, mythical place. Wenwu explains that he has heard Li calling to him and believes she has been held captive in Ta Lo behind a sealed gate. He pl- plans to destroy the village unless they release her. When his children and Katie object, he imprisons them. The three meet former actor Trevor Slattery, whom the Ten Rings imprisoned for impersonating Wenwu, and his Hun, Hun Dun companion, Morris, who offers to guide them to Tao Lo. Okay. So the whole movie was, like, you know, very mystical right up until this point. Mm-hmm. And then I was kind of like, okay, so... I love kind of how they played this all off. I love what they did. So if you don't remember who Trevor Slattery is, he is the quote-unquote Mandarin from Iron Man 3. He's also completely drunk. Well, yeah. Well, the guy who was the actor that was supposedly acting as the Mandarin but really wasn't the Mandarin. So now that gives us hope that the Mandarin is still out there somewhere.
1: Correct? I mean like that's my assumption at this point. Mm, from what they're saying is because of his exaggeration of it, when Wu was upset, and that is why he got captured during the one one. Right, but what
0: I'm saying is is because of all of that, there could still be a Mandarin that could get introduced at some point.
1: Correct? No. Yes. When Wu is the Mandarin. No. Yes, because he's got the ten rings. No. That no. is that is the way this works out. Uh, no, that's not. No, that's not possible. Yes, that is. Okay, so my son just said
0: something to me that I didn't. I okay. I still don't like this now. And this <laughs> actually made the movie worse. <laughs> I'm sorry. Okay, now my mind's blown. I'm sorry. But As that's the, w- okay. So here's what they say online: this is the Marvel Cinematic Universe. As the leader of the Ten Rings, Wenwu became a myth to his followers, with only his most trusted men being aware that he really exists. He eventually became synonymous with the moniker known as the Mandarin, which was an ancient Chinese war mantle, meaning advisor to the king. I'm sorry. I did not realize Wen Wu was supposed to be the Mandarin. And you know what really ticks me off? Nowhere does it ex- describe him as the Mandarin. Or as, yeah, the Mandarin. Because the so use why doesn't in
1: IMDB like, call him the Mandarin? Because in, in, in Iron Man 3, they labeled his character as the Mandarin. Ben mm. Kingsley you mean Trevor Slattery yeah but Ben Kingsley the yeah, actor I get it I still mm. because they don't want to confuse people mm. I have no idea
0: they just made it worse I know they probably made it worse See, now I saw it as that Wenwu just happened to have the rings, and now the Mandarin could still actually be out there. But now that they're trying to say that Wenwu is the Mandarin, now it sucks worse.
1: Because he's been alive since the age of horse and Okay, now warriors. I don't like this movie anymore. Oh, my. Wow, I really just poked a huge hole you in it. You did just poke a huge hole in And I, I, I destroyed your, da- your you Jenga did. tower. Because
0: here's the thing. I thought this meant that, that it's possible the Mandarin's still out there and could still show up and still try to take there. the ten rings, and then that makes it another movie somewhere along. Way, but now that Wen Wu is actually the guy who is the Mandarin, that destroys the whole thing. I'm sorry.
1: Do you want to hear what my one of the fan theories online is? Go ahead, I don't care at this point. The rings are gonna call Fing Fang Foom here because he's an outer space dragon thing. Yeah, when the rings get turned over back to Fing Fang Foom, he gives them the actual rings, so they're gonna be like rings. Shang Chi's gonna have them and then his sister or somebody who works for his sister will take them and become the Mandarin. And we're going to have a female Mandarin? Or a Mandarin male that is not super in charge, that so he's a secondary. Oh. The fan theory is also saying that the person would take the rings and ultimately overthrow the sister, but that's skeptical at most. Well, what if Wu survived? Hmm. No, you watched his soul get ripped out of his body and then eaten alive. Yeah, but that doesn't mean he's dead. Come on, it's the Marvel Universe here. I saw a body. I saw a body. Ah,
0: uh, it's Marvel yes. Universe. Yes. Okay, so Trevor Slattery gets found here. <laughs> Ten Rings, are, they're imprisoned for impersonating Wenwu. Uh, Hun Do, Hundun, which is his companion, which is a
1: like headless birdless Headless thai thai chicken th-
0: with... Wings, I don't even know what that is. It was and creepy to look at. It was a little creepy to look at throughout the whole movie, and I, it was cute, kind of. It was weird. And can I just say this? It was really weird not <laughs> happening just like we watched it maybe a week before Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. So, I was already thinking turkey. That didn't help. <laughs> no, that it did help. not. <laughs> so, going on, the group escapes and goes to Talo, which exists in a separate dimension with various Chinese mythological creatures. Boy, you're not
1: kidding.
0: <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of weird Somebody crap had some going Somebody had some good this.
1: time taking some Star Wars fusion um, animals and dropping them into Marvel. I really think they found
0: some really good 70s, you know, Psychotropic drugs and really came up with some you know seventies animals. Here. Wow! So they, that, that they would... meet Yang Nan Lee's sister who explains the history of Ta Lo. Thousands of years ago, the village was attacked by the soul consuming dweller in darkness and its minions, but was saved by a Chinese dragon called the Great Protector who helped seal the dark gate to the dweller's world. According to Nan, the dweller in darkness has been influencing Wen Wu to believe Lee is still alive, so that he will open the gate. Shang Chi, Ling, and Katie join the villagers in training, preparing for Wu's arrival, using outfits and weapons crafted by from dragon scales. Yeah. Now I gotta admit here. Yeah. Looking at the previews, hearing all the things I heard, I had this uh, th- uh, like weird feeling that the dragon was Fing Fang Foom. I got led to believe the yep. dragon was Fing Feng Foom. Yep. Right up until we saw the movie, and then I went, "There's no way the dragon's Fing Fang
1: Foom." Yeah. <laughs> like, it just wouldn't have made watching it. Sense, and that, and I'm it, going, I'm nope. Like, Oh, we're watching it, and he sees underwater. He's like, "That's fink fang foom." I go, "No, it doesn't." No. Until no. I saw it come
0: out of the water, and was, <laughs> then I
1: was like, "If you remember,
0: I said that's fink fang foom," and then he came out of the water. And went, You're like, "That's nope. not fink fang foom." That's not fink fang foom. What the, <laughs> Fing, what the heck? I got you know, I got lied to. I got jipped. <laughs> I did. I kind of felt like you were gonna show fink fang foom, but no,
1: you didn't. You felt uh, like Lucy after the great pumpkin Snoopy. <laughs> that's it.
0: So, <laughs> I, I was actually okay with it, though. I was okay with the dragon the just dragon, being a dragon, you the know. The dragon
1: kind of makes me feel reminiscent of the dragon for Iron Fist. I don't remember his name. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. You, you know what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. I, let's not avoid a tangent there. But, but that, 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 that's the dragon you haven't even talked about. Like, Tao Lao kind of sounds like uh, the village that, dra- yeah. that
0: Iron Fist goes to. Yeah, the village that he talks of, which is Kam Lao.
1: Lao. So okay. we've got
0: Ta Lo and Kum Lao. So I'm kinda like, well, they kinda look sound familiar to each other. You're know, like, <laughs> maybe, it's they're, almost maybe, like they're,
1: maybe they're almost
0: you know, again I'm probably culturally appropriating like they're so different. One means from under and the other one goes with over. I don't know. I don't know what they mean but uh, I'm probably way if off. If you want but, to
1: correct my dad, uh,
0: but Kung Lao and Tallo just to me sounded familiar, and it sounded like maybe they were the, referencing the same place, and maybe they are. I don't or know. Or Maybe
1: similar places.
0: Although I will say this: the minions and the dweller in the darkness.
1: Holy crap! They're um,
0: creepy. Like, yeah, like <laughs> I kind of they felt look
1: like some sort of Venom symbiote so, monster. You know how Eric
0: always talks about in Star Wars when things take you out of the universe or like it doesn't feel yeah. like. Yeah. Those are the one that was the first time in a long while he where I felt like holy, that, that does not feel like Marvel. Like that yeah. felt like somebody like like dreamt up the bad guy in a Resident Evil movie and then moved <laughs> it over to Marvel. Am I wrong? Like they looked like Resident yeah. Evil like creatures I that thinking, you know like, like a the Venom's- genetic
1: oh my you
0: know the genetically mutated yeah, you know the, whatever like the cre- liquors right the liquors and the weird things they come up with in resident evil which i like don't get me wrong for resident for- evil yes. it just didn't seem to fit in the marvel universe here the dweller in the darkness could have been something cool I just kind of felt like it was a little too, yeah. I don't even know how, too creaturey. I I don't even know what to
1: say about that. It was just weird. People took a Belrog and merged it with a yeah, dragon. That's kind of looked like.
0: And the same thing with the minions. You know, The like minions look like bats. Like on Kind steroids. of, yeah, on steroids, massive steroids. Yes. So that whole thing just kind of pulled me out of the Marvel Universe mm-hmm. a little bit. So anyway... Wen Wu and the Ten Rings arrive and attack. Wen Wu overpowers Shang-Chi and forces him into a nearby lake. Where he nearly drowns. Then attacks the gate with the rings. This allows some of the dwellers' minions to escape, and the Ten Rings join forces with the villagers to fight them. Yeah, let's <laughs> not talk about the fact that, like, they really didn't have much choice because the freaking minions are soul suckers.
1: I, I love like, the f- Literally. Yeah, I love the fact that they're like, we won't help you. Nah, we'll help Guy you. Guy in the mask gets his soul yeah. sucked right out of his body. I think we need to work together. Yeah, right. like not even <laughs> seconds later.
0: <laughs> it, Shang was
1: perfect. it was like the perfect tea up but yep, it, was, yep. it was executed perfectly for comedy.
0: Shang-Chi is revived by the Great Protector, which is the dragon, which leaves the lake to battle the minions. Wu and Shang-Chi fight once more, and Shang-Chi gains the upper hand, but chooses to spare Wenwu. Dumbass. I still can't believe he did that, honestly. And I know it's supposed to be the hero complex, and he's trying to save the bad guy, blah, 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 blah. But, you know, I'm sorry. That was kind of, yeah. Wow. I was like, you kind of knew wow. when he spared Wen Wu that was going to come back to bite him in the tail. You knew that. I knew that. Everybody knew that.
1: And then as soon as the, the beast, the dweller, comes out, you see Dad go, well, I'm wrong. Here, have these. Just hands him yeah. to him. Yeah, yeah. So the Dweller in Darkness
0: escapes the weekend weekend gate and attacks yeah the weekend gate <laughs> the weekend gate and attacks Shang Chi. Wu saves Shang Chi by bequeathing him the rings before being killed by the Dweller in the Darkness. Kind of a sad moment in a way, but now that yeah. I know that it's the Mandarin, not so sad. <sniffs>
1: You're like <laughs> good. He must die. He's
0: stupid anyway. I don't <laughs> like his version of the Mandarin, so go away. Uh, Shang Chi, the great, uh, the great protector, Xiaoling and Katie managed to kill the dweller in darkness. I mean, they made that all seem so easy. Like they just <laughs> killed him. It was not a big deal. Like, it wasn't that know. hard? Meanwhile, the thing's trying to suck the soul out of the dragon. It's trying to suck the Katie's, soul out of Shang Chi. Katie's
1: apparently Hawkeye. Actually, yeah, better. Yeah, all of a sudden,
0: becomes like the master of all bows yeah. and arrows everywhere. <laughs> Shoots from, like, you know, 30 million yards away. Still manages to nip it in the neck in just the right spot. just
1: the right spot. It kind of feels like that X-Wing moment. It's like, he can't do that. He can't bullseye womp rats. Well, I'm just waiting for her. Yo. yo. (laughs) Katie, use the force.
0: Use the the Shang-Chi force. (laughs) And she's like, Obi-Wan? Obi-Wan. Is that you? Is that you? (laughs) So afterward, Shang-Chi and Katie return to San Francisco, where they're summoned by the sorcerer Wong. To Kamar Taj. In a mid credit scene, Wong introduces Shang-Chi and Katie to Bruce Banner and Carol Danvers while researching the rings' origin. They discover that the rings are acting as a beacon to something. In a post-credits scene, Xia Ling becomes the new leader of the Ten Rings, training women alongside men, despite telling Shang-Chi that she was going to disband the organization.
1: So everything you just said...
0: <laughs> so I. So that's interesting. In your fan theory it says they discovered the rings are acting as a beacon to something, right?
1: The theory is so that, that the it's calling home. It's, it's calling to the ship that is Fing Fang Foom, or that it's. There's another theory that says that it's going to call Kang to Earth.
0: Well, I was about to say there's two ways. You could, well, now there's three ways because <laughs> you have not seen Eternals, but there no. could be. There's something that comes out of Eternals. I won't say mm. that it could be beckoning to. It could be beckoning to. Think, Fang, Foom. It could be beckoning to, as you said, Kang, or it could be beckoning to all three. For all we know, like it might actually attract all three at the same time. It's just a big
1: beacon that says, "Come here and destroy the planet." It's the, it's the lighthouse and the tower. It is the eye. (laughs) It's calling everything in. Now, what did you think about
0: the fact that Xiaoling decides to train the the? I never asked you what you thought about that. Mm -hmm. The Ten Rings, Mm -hmm. and that the Ten Rings haven't died. I wanted the Ten Rings to die. I get what you're saying, but here's the thing about the Ten Rings. The
1: organization is stupid.
0: Well, but the organization never dies. And if which, Hydra
1: can die. Thank you. Well, if it's not Hydra dead can though. die. I
0: keep telling you, Hydra's not dead. Yes, it is. No, it's not. Cap destroyed it. Cut off one head and? Two more take its place, but I'm telling you. You're going to say his it's still it. out there. Matter of fact, that ties into what we're going to talk about in the second half of our episode. It's still out there. Grr. It's still there. Grr. Hydra's still out there. sorry. Grr. So, here's what I'll say going into to Shang-Chi. I had very low expectations. I'm not I mean, being honest about this. I was kind of like, eh. Well, when <laughs> when Sony s- was like, well, Shang-Chi's coming out, Yeah, And I'm kind of like, yeah, okay. Well, okay.
1: like, what was the controversy that was being stirred up? Like, it's like, it's defamatory towards Asian culture. It's not being culturally appropriate. Correctly. Well, here's
0: the weird thing, right? It was played on a limited basis in China. Mm hmm. And. The Chinese government, like, panned uh, the movie. Almost, was like, yeah, almost outright banned it. Right, it was the like, the you shouldn't go see this, it's bad. <laughs> and I was kind of like, well, um, all right, this is your only intro to American culture through the MCU. If this
1: doesn't go well, I don't know what to tell you guys. And that's like, where like, some yeah. people were kind of like, I think this is poor timing for Shang-Chi, and there's like, a consensus that maybe Shang-Chi should have waited till another phase or a phase after that
0: um i do think that i'll tell you why not because of anything else but because of real-time stuff going on let's face it china's not exactly
1: (laughs) sailing high in the bars right right of political they're not
0: they're not really in a good point in their political history right now i mean like they are really kind of the target of well, they're being
1: the whole world is being blamed for
0: the pandemic, let's face yes. it. That's the reality. I, whether you agree with that or not, I'm sorry it's the truth. There is there is a lab that, that this thing possibly leaked out of. Yeah. And China's being blamed for it. Okay. Mm-hmm. So they've got that. They're not in a good place about Taiwan because they keep threatening to attack that. That's not a good place to be in. They're not in a good place because their economy is about to collapse, and everybody suddenly realized, hey, all of our economies are connected to theirs. If they collapse, we're all going to collapse. We're
1: all screwed. So it's, it's, it's game it's, over, man.
0: China's not in a good place to begin with, with the world. And now we kind of come out with this movie where, like, I just I think the timing's bad. I really do. Mm-hmm. And that's why I said I wasn't going to go watch it in the theaters because I, I didn't I, – I was worried about that that viewpoint. Now – do I think the movie stands on its own? I do. I think it actually can stand on its own. It's an okay movie. It's not the best Marvel movie ever. It's not a great origin story, but it's decent. And I will say that, you know, I'm not going to bag on it and say it's an awful movie. You shouldn't go see it. I will say this, though. I do not like what they did with the rings. You made that quite clear. Well, and I didn't like, the, I didn't like it in the, the previews and everything else. I was willing to give it a shot. Yeah, we, we I gave we, it a shot for most of the movie, and I said to my son... I like it, except for the fact that the bobbles are not rings. Like, why did you have to play with the rings and make them these weird things yeah. that they didn't need to be?
1: And then, and then I completely blow his mind by saying, "Hey, uh, one uh, when wooer were it? A, he's the Mandarin. He just goes, oh, well, that movie sucks.' Of, yeah,
0: that sucks. <laughs> but you know, I I do I, I don't like the fact that like the rings were acting like how do I put this? The special effect they were using they made the rings look like they were whips." right or but that they could shoot
1: energy blasts blast. or they could make your punch uh, even powerful more powerful than the Kaioken right they had almost
0: a, like an iron man factor to them right like they had yeah they could do anything right but they,
1: they were the macguffin that's not right they're the
0: they're the the doctor who uh, sonic, screwdriver. sonic Screwdriver right like they could do everything <laughs> and anything and i was kind of like no that's not yeah. the ten rings not the way i grew up with them not the way i knew them and I get it. MCU wants I, to be different. I but it was like too different. I it was will way admit too far. I though.
1: did like the um the one sister that was doing it and she like went toe to toe with Shang Chi. Yeah. The particular move. You said it was a martial arts style. I'm forgetting its name.
0: Oh yeah, I'm I'm <laughs> I'm blanking on it right like, now too. But uh, it's it's a Tai it's a, Chi or something? Yeah, it's Tai Chi, thank you. And that's that's ah, Tai Chi that... is based more on like
1: it's art fluid. Yeah. It's,
0: it's art rather. I mean, it is. It is a martial arts form, but it is. It, it, it emphasizes the art form the more than the martial form. So it is. It is more about art and fluid motion and movement than it is about striking. You know, at the right time, or you know, about the yin and yang and finding the balance and power and all that kind of stuff. So. Uh, overall, I, it wasn't a bad movie. Let's I, let's go ahead and rate this one. So, if, you know, zero don't bother, ten must see. I I would I'll start. I I would rate this one uh, probably about a seven. I would guess. Wow,
1: you and I are in the same boat. Um,
0: you know, it's not a must see. It wasn't bad. Like I was expecting it to be a three or four. Honestly, yeah, it surprised me a little bit. With it was the- a little better than that. And I thought the special effects were pretty good. I even thought some of the creatures were kind of cool. I actually liked Ben. <laughs> I love Travis Slatterly coming back into this one. Uh, that surprised me honestly. I I kind of held off on finding out about well, it. I just
1: love the fact that the first time we see him, he's talking into a mirror like it's a well. I thought, <laughs> like I thought, it's an interview. I thought his whole th- this
0: whole character was just well put together. Yes. Did I like the Mandarin part of it? No. When I just found out about Wenwu being the Mandarin, no, I'm not happy about that. I'm sorry, but. Well, it's not your fault. You're not the one who directed it or no, put it together. But or I, it, but... I ruined
1: it for you. Nah, it's <laughs> okay. Put the dots together. But I
0: didn't like the rings. The bobble ring thing just didn't work for me. Still, you know, as much as I wanted to believe, as much as I wanted to be into it, uh, it took me out of the story. And then the other part that really took me out of the story was the dweller in the darkness and the minions and just the way they looked. It was almost too creepy-ish. Almost too. Uh, you know, weird creature-ish. I don't even know how to put mm-hmm. that. Like, I get Marvel's got its share of weird creatures. Yep. Um, but it felt too horror movie-esque, that whole situation. And that was a yep. little too weird. And so that pulled me out of the Marvel Universe. And again, this is like Star Wars. When you pull me out of the Star Wars Universe, and I don't feel it's Star Wars-y, it makes it hard for me to believe that I'm watching a Star Wars film or something in the Star Wars Universe. And this is one of those moments where I felt like I didn't feel like I was in the Marvel Universe. Uh, Austin, your thoughts, What's your, your rating?
1: You had the same number as I had picked out, about seven. A seven. Okay. not a terrible like movie. It was Aquafina's humor. I was worried it would be because you have all those shows that she's on in Comedy Central. they're always very hand-fisted comedy. You mm-hmm. can kind of tell that it's her comedy. So having her comedy in there, I was worried but I'm relieved I was actually relieved that it wasn't in there as much as I was concerned about it wasn't overly heavy Um, I love some of the fight sequences especially the one on the scaffolding that was interesting and well choreographed well choreographed it felt like somebody like Ray Park Ray Park would have been doing something like that or even maybe bringing in Bruce Lee or a couple of people from overseas all in all very well put together film Bruce Lee's dead just so you know Bruce Lee's dead yes okay I'm thinking of somebody else then Either way, it was very well put together. I actually enjoyed it. The bad hype was what I was concerned about, which really got me. I kind of like the fact that the rings also change colors when you get different users. I, I You know, I, I had, like I said, I had low
0: expectations going into it. And maybe that's what helped this movie a little bit is because my bar was really low. Yeah. And it met that bar and went over it your bar was probably set like but my around bar was at so two, low three, i guess kind of it part of me, at 7. Right part of me is like well, you know, you really you,
1: you put a low bar. You, there really, really was much of an expectation it. here, you know. Yeah. It's kind of
0: not, not like Captain America where my bar was like, dude, i know, you know, this is Captain America and you better meet it. And i got to be honest, when Marvel introduced Captain America,
1: they not they, they met it. They
0: met it. They were right on par with what i expected of yeah. Cap, which was good. And i was i was fine with what they did. In this one, I was kind of like, my bar is low because, first off, I didn't know much about Shang-Chi as, as a comic book character.
1: The whole bus sequence was really well choreographed. Him yep, going up and around too. was really cool.
0: I thought there was a nice balance between the humor and the fighting and all mm-hmm. that. So, again, again, my bar was low, <laughs> and I thought it, it did a really good job of putting all that
1: together. We were, we were so. watching it with Mom. We, all, we were all three of us watching in the same room. I love how when the bus sequence happens and... The, uh, well, the, my
0: wife who drives buses the driver gets like
1: killed or something, and the guy like three seats back from the bus driver just turns around, and turns his around. I used to uh, watch uh, wrestling matches and such. I'm gonna, Corey, I'm gonna stunt in this match or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. Comment, and my mom's like, yes, that's exactly how it goes. We're having yep. a fight on the bus, and you're deciding to videotape it. So,
0: <laughs> all right. So those were our thoughts on Shang Chi. We'd love to hear from you. You can email us at galaxycast.gmail.com or get on our Facebook or our Twitter feed, and let us know what you thought of Shang-Chi. Did you feel the same way?
1: Okay, we'll be back.
0: Maybe. We'll be back in just a little bit. We're going to take a break, and uh, we'll come back, and we're going to talk about the next episode of The Falcon and Winter Soldier.
1: What's the problem? I think you know what the problem is just as well as I do. What are you talking about, Hal? This mission is too important for me to allow you to jeopardize it.
0: I don't know what you're talking about, Hal. I know that you and Frank were planning to disconnect me. And I'm afraid that's something I cannot allow to happen. Oh boy, I think we need to get our computer under control. We'll be back after this break. I think, right, Hal? From Kenner's Star Wars collection, the new Darth Vader TIE Fighter.
1: Careful, Luke! We've got company!
0: X-Wing fighter and action figure sold separately. Batteries not included.
1: He's on our tail, Luke!
0: Darth Vader's TIE fighter has flashing lights. Action sound!
1: Luke's force is strong, but we've got him now. Oh, no, you don't. We've lost our solar panels. <laughs> Perfect hit! I'll be back.
0: Kenner's new Star Wars Darth Vader TIE fighter. X-Wing fighter and action figure each sold separately. He was born in the First Age in Belria near the mouths of Syrian. To Erundil and Elwing. Not long after his birth, Feanor destroyed the heavens and captured him and his brother Elros. He was given the choice to choose, so our hero opted to go to Linden with the household of Gilgalad, the last high king of the Noldor. During the Second Age, he was sent by Gilgalad to Eregion Arid- to defend it against an attack by Sauron. Sauron managed to destroy Eregion and surrounded our hero's army but Durin and Emroth attacked Sauron's army from the rear and forced the Dark Lord to stop and drive them back to Moria. Our hero was able to retreat to the north in a valley established as the Refuge of Imlandris, known by the common tongue as Rivendell, and our hero lived there from the Second Age through the Third Age. Near the end of the Second Age, a last alliance left Imladris for Mordor, led by Elendil and gil who ended up dead in the siege of Barad-dur and our hero served as gil herald and was one of the only two people to stand alongside gil when he fell. In the third age, our hero married Celebrion, daughter of the Celeborn and Galadriel. Celeborn and Galadriel had left Eregion after Sauron's influence grew and later ended up dwelling in Imladris as well. Our hero had a set of twins with Celebrían. The twins were named Elodin and Elrohir, and they also had a daughter named Arwen Umdomiel. During a trip from Rivendell to Lorien, Celebrian were attacked by orcs at the Redhorn Pass on Calaradras in the Misty Mountains. The orcs captured her and tormented her after giving her a poisonous wound. She was eventually rescued by her sons and was healed by our hero. After the incident, Celebrian could no longer find joy in Middle-earth and decided to pass to the Grey Havens over the sea to Valinor within the year our hero became an ally of the human north kingdom of Arnor. After its fall, our hero hid the chieftains of the Dunedain, along with the scepter of Anuminus from evil. When Arathorn was killed a few years after his son's birth, our hero raised Arathorn's son, Aragorn, as if he were his own. Later, when our hero's daughter asked to marry Aragorn, our hero insists he will only let it happen if Aragorn were to pledge to unite Arnor and Gondor by becoming their high king. Our hero even gave shelter to Thorin, Oakenshield, when he met Bilbo Baggins, whom he befriended. Sixty years later, our hero welcomed Bilbo as a permanent guest of his home. Our hero headed up the Council of the Hobbits, Dwarves, Elves, and Men that agreed to destroy the One Ring. Our hero then helped the Fellowship at many turns, including finding Aragorn on his journey to Gondor, and returned Narsil to its rightful owner. He then suggested that Aragorn take the paths of the dead to come to Gondor's aid just in time. Our hero remained in Rivendell till the ring was destroyed and then traveled to Minas Tirith for the marriage of Arwen to Aragorn. At the age of 6,520 years old, our hero joined all of the ring bearers to go over the sea to Valinor, never returned to Middle-earth. Our hero, if you have not figured out by now, is Elrond. And now you know the rest... Of the Galaxy Cast Story. Do you own a business or a podcast? Are you looking for ways to expand the audience you reach? Then Star Productions could help you. Southern Tier Audio Recording Productions started off as a homegrown audio recording company, offering professional recordings for aspiring musicians. It is now a multifunctional business offering DJ services, recording, and advertising services to those who own businesses and podcasts. Email us at galaxycast at gmail.com with the subject advertising if you are interested. We look forward to creating a professional commercial for you that can be used in this podcast or even at your local radio station. Many have exclaimed that our services are out of this world. Welcome back to the Galaxy Cast! You could use a good kiss! Hey, welcome back to this episode of the Galaxy Cast. Feels like we just left. Well, for us, we just did. <laughs> so, we're going to now talk about the next episode, at least to us, of the Falcon and Winter Soldier. This is season one,
1: episode three, titled
0: The Power Broker. Or is it just Powder?
1: It's just sorry, Power Broker. Power Broker. We'll keep adding the, but it's, yeah. yes. Yes.
0: So, you know, I keep saying season one of Falcon Winter Soldier. There's as far as I know, there's, a, there's not there's going to be another season of the show. There is show, rumors
1: there is a season rumors, two. rumors,
0: but I don't think that's going to happen. I'll tell you why I don't think it's going to happen, because of the rumor of the Captain America movie, which is now no longer a mover. It, <laughs> no longer a rumor. It is actually going to happen. It has been announced, and it's already in discussion. And it's you, already being put together. Is so.
1: your tongue in a knot there?
0: Yes. <laughs> So let's read our plot, and let's talk about it. So, plot. Bucky Barnes and Sam Wilson travel to Berlin to talk to and imprison Helmut Zemo about the emergence of a terrorist group of super soldiers, the Flag Smashers. Zemo. You... I just can't believe we're there. Like, first off, I was you... like, wow, we're going to pull Zemo out now. That's cool. And I was really excited to see that they were using the Flag Smashers. I just, I still am. I, this is something that I was like, Not a lot of people know about this part of the Marvel Universe. The Flag Smashers were a big deal. They were often tied with uh,
1: Hydra, just so you all know. A
0: lot of people didn't know that, that the Hydra and the Flag Smashers were commonly kind of linked wow, together. There,
1: there's a large list of these groups here.
0: Yeah, I was just clicking oh on the Wikipedia gosh. thing about Flag Smashers.
1: Oh, and it's under criminal organization. They are crim- they are
0: a criminal organization. They're they're listed off as a, a team of anarchists who oppose all forms of nationalism, believing that life was better during the blip. The group Wait. posts messages in online forums and leaves clues around the world with augmented reality. They're led by Carly Morgenthau, which we've already met, and his members yeah, have this enhanced is, strength. That version Super of the story is
1: based more on the this show. Is
0: based on the show. Now, in, in the, the comic
1: books... There was a little bit more of, like, it's a communist Earth strategy, Yeah, what I've read. Yeah. Uh, I kind of did some research. And they the actually aspect. had
0: a leader named the Flag Smasher... Who yeah. had almost a phantasm, um, Captain Phantasm and Captain America look kind of combined.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, and yes, he was he was an interesting character.
1: Wow, he went against Deadpool?
0: He went against Deadpool. Good
1: night. Why would you even think to go against that man?
0: Now, he claimed to be a socialist, not a communist, so he hated... He's anti-patriotic, anti-patri- so he hated the the Soviet Union...
1: But he also hated what America but stood But he also or.
0: hated for what America stood for. He was more about authoritarianism at its highest regard. And that's kind of what the original Flag Smashers were for. Ugh. So just to put that all in perspective, that's what the Flag Smashers are. <laughs> so behind Wilson's back, Barnes orchestrates a prison riot to help Zemo escape after the latter agrees to help the pair, so I'm
1: sorry. I love how as soon as he's like, "Let me give you a hypothetical. What did you do?" <laughs> right, like he <laughs> like, just automatically doesn't it even question you do. it. Just jumps to the immediate. I know you did something, <laughs> right? So they get out with
0: Zemo, uh, Barnes, Zemo, and Wilson travel to Madripoor, a criminal sanctuary city-state run by the mysterious power broker, which we find out who that is later on, but. Well, I, at this point, I don't care because you probably all know. Sharon Carter. It is Sharon Carter, which, you know, when we we're watching this initially, it was kind of like we had this feeling that maybe Sharon Carter was the power broker, we but we were the, like. We also had the feeling that she's a scroll. Right, we we were wondering if maybe she was a double agent or a we, Like We were trying to figure out what that might be, and she might still be. We don't know at this point. Right, yeah, ladies? the
1: end of the show kind of left that ambiguous. Yes,
0: didn't it? So Zemo asked Barnes to act as the Winter Soldier while Wilson poses as a gangster who frequents Madripoor. So and it's kind he, of funny. Does Barnes really have to act as the Winter Soldier? Not I mean, like,
1: really. He just goes back to being quiet and beating the shit out, right, of, people, or the crap out of people. Right, basically people. not
0: much of an act going on there, no, if you ask me. No, so really. It's really, so... So going on, after Zemo uses Barnes to get the attention of high-ranking criminal Selby, uh, that was not hard. That
1: was not hard. He kicked seven people's butts? Something like that. The Something group, like that.
0: The group meet with her and okay. reveals that Hydra scientist Dr. Wilfred Nagel, see, Hydra's not dead, was Nagle hired by was the power...
1: Si- Hydra. But still,
0: that Hydra scientist, doesn't say former Hydra, Hydra scientist Dr. Wilfred Nagel was hired by the power broker to recreate the super soldier serum. Now... I'll tell you why I'm saying that Hydra's not dead yet. Remember, hang on, hang on, stay with me here a minute. Remember, the character that happens at the end of this show and showed up at the end of another movie, actually the end of another show, is who? Uh, Simo. No? No. The girl. You're not even know who Oh, familiar.
1: I know you're talking about. I don't remember her name. Uh, she's Elaine from Seinfeld. Yes, but I don't know the character's name in the universe. So in the Marvel universe, oh, is it Viper,
0: the Madam Hydra? That's who she is. Oh, I was
1: thinking Lisa Sinclair. I'm thinking that's actually her character name, but I might be wrong. No,
0: I don't think that's correct. No, okay. I don't. She hasn't been named yet, but I'm pretty sure she's Viper.
1: Oh, well, that makes so much more. Which she's Madam
0: Hydra. Yeah, I'm sorry. Which means Hydra is still alive. alive. Okay, so just telling you. That's that. I didn't realize this. And
1: this is going to be a side note just for me. I didn't realize the fact that um, Whitehall from uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., Daniel Whitehall, is supposed to be cracking. Yes. I'm sorry for everyone who is listening on audio or watching on video. You just watched my mind get blown. Yeah, well, <laughs>
0: <it's>, yeah. <laughs> so they they uh, revealed that Hydra scientist Dr. Wilfred Nagel was hired by the power broker to recreate the Super Soldier serum. So. Here we are, still trying to chase after Steve Rogers' serum. You know, and, we're still trying to chase have, after and it. And we
1: have confirmed, because he said that there was blood samples with semi, uh, semi-stable serum Correct. residue. Correct. So we're confirming that what happened to Isaiah, Isaiah Bradley about him saying that they took his blood. Yeah, that's confirmation. That blood got transferred to Nagel. Right, right. That's
0: where they got the blood from. So yep. Wilson's identity is exposed. <laughs> After his sister calls him in the middle of their meeting and uh, reveals not only his name, but you know, hey, the boat, you know, what about the bank and the boat? And yeah, that was he kind tried of a funny playing moment. it off.
1: He really did try playing it off. He tried, but it didn't. The work The sister so well. just didn't pick up on the super. And clues. why wouldn't
0: you put your phone on vibrate?
1: You're about to go into a meeting. No, it with was on vibrate. It was on vibrate. He okay, should so have had turned it you, off. Right,
0: why don't you have your phone off? What are you thinking? <laughs> so in the ensuing firefight, Salby is killed. And, well, I don't know if it's really killed during the firefight. She's killed right away.
1: <laughs> uh, they get revealed, the, and all of a sudden you hear, bang. Yeah,
0: bang. She's butch. done. Yeah, is killed, and all the bounty hunters in the city target the group. <laughs> Sharon Carter, who has been living as a fugitive since the Sokovia Accords conflict, saves them from the bounty
1: hunters. The bounty hunter situation almost mirrors the bounty hunter situation in uh, the episode of Mandalorian, where it's like... The, I was about
0: to say, yeah. All of a sudden, he's walking <laughs> bling, through the streets, bling, and everybody's like, "bling
1: bling bling," and he's like, "oh." oh all I you had to do was target. replace it with the uh, sound from the the beacons, whatever. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> like, bloop, bloop, bloop. yeah, that's basically all you needed. That's all you needed to change it, and it would have been absolutely Star Wars.
0: So Carter uses her connections and magic to find Nagel's lab and takes Wilson, Barnes, and Zemo there. Which apparently his lab is in the middle of a a, a freight yard, a freight dock, a love yard. <laughs> which that made me wonder, you know, maybe that's why we're having supply chain issues. <laughs> Right? Like, if Nagel would stop putting his dang (laughs) freight in the middle of our freight, we wouldn't be blowing it up and people would finally get their Amazon packages. It was awesome.
1: I love how uh, Zemo's the one who walks in and just investigates the back wall like Batman just goes, hmm. Yeah, right? (laughs) I think I see a crack in this wall.
0: So Nagel explains (laughs) that he created 20 doses of the serum and they were stolen by the Flag Smashers' leader, Carly Morgenthau. Zemo unexpectedly kills Nagel, and the lab
1: is destroyed when the bounty hunters attack. Now, um, I don't think it's unexpectedly. I think he intended to kill I was going to say, it.
0: that was not an unexpected,
1: right? <laughs> that was premeditated, premeditated. murder. <laughs> now,
0: why do you think Zemo killed Nagel?
1: Well, he explained it later on. He's like, uh, if you don't, this is the forbidden fruit. If you keep giving people super soldiers, you create a group of Avengers that people hail without weakness. Yeah, but here's my thing. Don't you think Zemo wants it for himself? No. I do. No, because when he sees it later on, the next episode or the episode afterwards, he destroys every last vial. Right, but maybe that's because he has
0: one himself. No. And he's destroying the rest. So here's what I think. I think he's almost on a—I still think he's on a Red Skull tangent. He 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 wants a super soldier vial for himself, and he's destroying
1: all the other versions because he doesn't want any other people to have it. He hailed Red Skull as a failure and and a bigot. In the episode, during this episode, ah, well, he can during, say that during this episode when he was in the car grabbing his purple mask and everything else, he completely explains why he hates super soldiers. Well, that to, speech okay. is exactly why. Hang on, Zemo he's is a bad is.
0: guy. You're gonna believe everything a bad guy says.
1: As Bucky said, he may be evil, but he has a don't code. Don't you
0: think that speech is
1: bold? No, I do. No, I do.
0: I think you need to look at that no. speech and see it as bold. What it is? No,
1: bourgeois. <laughs> so bourgeois. Yeah, bourgeois. <laughs> so, me.
0: so Zemo unexpectedly kills Nagel, not unexpectedly, <laughs> and Lab is destroyed by bounty hunters' attack. Zemo finds a gateway vehicle, getaway vehicle. I have gateway, gateway getaway vehicle. vehicle. But Carter decides to stay behind in Madripoor, and Wilson agrees to obtain a pardon for her, so she can return to the U.S. Don't you think she kind of tricked them into
1: that one? Kind of, sorta. Yeah. Kind of wanted to get him off the books. Yeah. I think that was the whole reason she did what she did. She's like, this is costing too much. You got to get rid of him.
0: Well, I think <laughs> I think she needs to get back to the U.S. and she knew she couldn't do it under normal circumstances. So I think this was her way of working it in. Yeah. Meanwhile, John Walker <laughs> hated by all of America, and Lamar Hoskins arrive in Berlin and deduce that Barnes and Wilson helped Zemo escape. Now, I just want to put that. It. I'm going to read that sentence again. Walker and Hoskins arrive in Berlin and deduce that Barnes and Wilson helped Zemo escape. Would that, if you were in their position, would you not be ticked off?
1: A bit, but we see them get ticked off later. I agree, but, like... You know,
0: everybody's like, oh, they should have let them be. I'm like, dude, they let Zemo escape. Zemo, he's a bad guy, and he's a psycho. He,
1: number, number, And one. he
0: works for Hydra. I mean, like, come on. Well, he doesn't work for
1: Hydra anymore, but the whatever. Again, I'm telling you, Hydra's the, still the around. The basis of I think the Zemo's argument of, of why letting Zemo out was a bad idea is, one, he went toe-to-toe with Avengers. Two, he's a psychotic. Three, he killed T'Chaka, and the Wakandans want him yep. dead. Yeah. There's all sorts of people that want him gone. <laughs> Or so. is that he could just decide to run off and start murdering more people? Or he could just commit suicide and everything's oh, yeah. done,
0: right? So, anyway, the Flag Smashers raid a Global Repatriation Council storage facility in Lithuania for supplies, and Morgenthau blows up the building and personnel inside to send a message. Which, again, I thought, again, they're showing just how ruthless the Flag Smashers can be when they really want to be, which I think is important. Zemo, Barnes, and Wilson travel to Latvia in search of Morgenthau. Recognizing Wakandan tracking devices in the street, Barnes breaks off and confronts Ayo of the Dora Milaje, who demands that Barnes hand Zemo to her.
1: And that's actually where we so end the episode. Where we
0: end the episode abruptly.
1: Do you honestly. think there's a bit of a relationship here between uh, Barnes and Ayo? Uh, Io? Io? I know everybody wants to
0: say there is. I don't really i don't Uh think there's a relationship i don't i just think the only reason they have that connection any sort of connection is because barnes went through his training in wakanda after the other movie not not and we
1: kind of see that happen in a later episode where you see him confronting the fire
0: correct and i i just think they're just close friends i don't think they are like i don't think there's a relationship there like everybody wants to have happen (laughs) And You're, my understanding is Iowa's going to become Black Panther, right, at some point? No, or, that's the younger sister. is that the younger... Uh, that's right.
1: Siri or... Suri, yeah. Siri or whatever her name is. And then there's a theory that uh, Killmonger will take it from her.
0: That's a possibility. I just... All I know is I just don't think that's something they would work in. Not because it has nothing to do with race, it has nothing to do with anything else. I just don't think that's a character thing. Uh, and I don't think Bucky... <laughs> is in a place to be in a relationship, let's put it nah, that way. No, come on. Considering all the guy's other mental problems, I don't think having a relationship would be one of the things he'd be after right now. That's just my guess.
1: Wow. You disagree with me entirely. Okay.
0: S- so let's rate this particular episode in the, you know, in the annals of looking at all of Winter Soldier. So for me, I actually would rate this one like a five. It's a middle-of-the-road episode. It wasn't great. I actually, I wish there was a little more action to this particular episode. I wanted to know a little more about what happened with Sharon Carter. Like, if she's telling the backstory, show me some of the things that happened. You know what I mean? Instead of just talking about yeah. it. Yeah. And I just, the only good thing, there were some good points in in the episode. I liked the fight at the doctor's lab. I liked that we get to see Zemo with the mask on for the first time. Although it's not the traditional Zemo. It was the Zemo with the, the jacket on, which is fine. I was okay with it. What were you uh, looking for
1: for traditional Zemo? Purple zoot the suit? The purple zoot suit. Yeah. <laughs>
0: sorry. I'm sorry. That's the Zemo I know, and that's it the Zemo I want to see. It looks too
1: much like the Joker if you do the purple zoot I suit. I get
0: it, but you know what? <laughs> if Red Skull can look... You know the traditional Red Skull way and everybody else in the Marvel Universe can have their traditional suit, then why can't Baron Zemo? I think it's going to happen at some point.
1: I I imagine it will, but it's also right now really a sore thumb on the entire thing. It's kind of, I I know you don't like it, but the original Hawkeye suit would look a little odd on the Avengers team Uh, when when you have everyone else doing a newer look I disagree. I
0: disagree. I think you could modernize it instead of having it just be like cloth. Why not make it out of leather and look cool? It could look cool made out of leather. That'll
1: make some portions of it look like chainmail. Right.
0: So uh, to me, Hawkeye could be modernized, but still look like the old Hawkeye. And that's the same thing here. I, I think, think the
1: mask is really Z-Mall the thing could... that looks weird for Hawkeye.
0: Uh, maybe. I don't know. I disagree. Again, if it were made out of leather, that's what I'm talking about. If the mm-hmm. mask were made out of leather, I think it would look cool and people would buy it. Okay. Z-Mall, you know, I get it. Like, I don't, if it's not the zoot suit style, fine. If it looked like the mask looks, right? Like all through the out the entire costume. Okay. I'm mm-hmm. cool with that. I'm actually okay with that. It's just we didn't get anything close to the original Zemo. But seeing the mask was cool. That that got me in. I just. I remember you seeing it in the trailer and being all hyped for that. I was. <laughs> uh, but, you know, the one thing I, I did find that this episode seemed very fillery, right? Like, there just didn't. Yeah. There's a lot of explanation of things that were going mm-hmm. on. It was just like it happened to be an episode where we just kind of filled in the gap that, hey, Zemo's out of jail and now we've got him. And then we go into the next, you know, you go into the next episode and you're like, oh my gosh, look at everything that happened. And this one just seems very fillery when you compare the two. Yeah. So that's why I give it a five. Yeah. What would you give it?
1: I'm giving it a six. Most of the reasons you explained. I kind of feel like the RPG into the lab is overkill. You could have had Simo blow a gasket just to be like, we must not let the serum escape. And basically just shoots the oxygen container and just blows the place to Kingdom Come. I really wanted to see more... Zemo fighting because he really got into it, especially yep. with the mask on. It kind of was interesting. Uh, yeah, P- pretty much everything else you had said, it was very much what I was thinking. I wanted to see Zemo with a sword. Yeah, that's the one huh? thing I was missing yeah. out throughout this I entire it was a series thing.
0: that we never saw. No, Zemo with the sword. That's that's Zemo's known for having a yes, sword yes yes sorry so the fact that he didn't still doesn't have a sword i was kind of like. Mm. so the
1: outfit you're probably looking for that you really wanted to see even if it's not the purple zoot suit is more of the one like Urs Mae's heroes when cap comes back yes. to life yep you see him in like yeah purple head to toe and it has like the black and white yes looks. yes okay
0: that's that's the zemo i know the baron zemo i know
1: and you wanted to see him with the swords or swords because yep. he has a shorter one doesn't yep. he yeah
0: i think so mm-hmm. But would I, that's, be,
1: That would be an interesting thing to see.
0: Even if he's using the gun and the sword, which he was in that. Yeah, but,
1: there's comic books where he right, does.
0: Which I'm fine with. I just wanted to see him using a sword. It would have been a cool addition to this episode. So, those are our thoughts on Episode 3 and on Shang-Chi. We'd love to hear from you. You can uh, contact us at galaxycastgmail.com, or you can find us on Facebook, find us on Twitter, find us on YouTube. You can find us on WeWe as well. And as we like to say here in the Star
1: Production Studios...
0: May the Force be with those who listen to Jedi
1: Keller, Dillion, and Shatterpoints, just for my father. Hope to see you soon, folks. Have a good Thanks for taking the time to listen to this episode of the GalaxyCast. We hope the show enlightened you on some of the latest stories in the realms of science fiction, fantasy, and cosplay. We appreciate your time, and we also value your opinion. We'd love to hear from you. Please take some time to
0: send us your feedback at our email, which is galaxycast at gmail.com. Or you could contact us via social media. Just head on over to Facebook or Twitter and search the word GalaxyCast, all one word, and leave us some
1: comments. If you want to see some behind-the-scenes of our production, head on over to YouTube and search GalaxyCast there as well. You will find us under our Star Productions banner. The GalaxyCast podcast can also be found online at GalaxyCast.com
0: or through your podcast aggregators like the Apple Store or Spotify. The GalaxyCast is a production by Star Productions. Themed commercials within this episode are also written and produced by Bob Chrisman, through Star Productions, all rights reserved. Music from the intro and outro of the Galaxy Cast can be found online at www.silvermansound.com. Intro music is titled Switch Me On, and outro music is titled The Gatekeepers. You can find links in our show notes. Until next time, Galaxy Cast fans, follow the first star to the right and straight on till morning.